There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Millennial Love, a podcast from the independent on everything to do with love, sexuality, identity and more. This week I am so excited to be back and be joined by author and former Love Island star Amber Rose Gill. We're going to talk all about her debut novel, Until I Met You, what it was like to write romantic fiction, her time on Love Island, dating and so much more. I can't wait. I hope you enjoy the show. Hi Amber, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. So congratulations on your novel. Uh, can you start us off by telling us what it's about? So, thank you, first of all. Um, it is about Until I Met You is a really sweet holiday escapism romantic novel about a girl called Samantha who gets dumped right before our best friend's wedding that's in Tobago. And all of our friends are sort of hitting milestones, like obviously getting married and other you know, buying houses and she's kind of like lost. And it's her navigating that situation and the people that she meets along the way. And that's all I really like to say because I don't like to give away too much. Yeah. But when people like talk to us about it, they're like, give us a little bit more. I'm like, no, that's all I'm saying. Well, exactly. You have to read it. Yeah, you have to read it. And I think you've sold it very well. It's like the perfect holiday read. It's pure escapism. Tell me why you wanted to write fiction and specifically fiction about love and dating and romance. I was a romance reader when I was younger like I used to love like reading romance and at the time I had no problems with it but now I look back it would have it would have been really nice to see like representation or like something that resonated a bit more with me um and so it started off with a competition with Mills and Boone to find a new writer from an underrepresented underrepresented ethnic background I always get that it's hard to say it's a mouthful yeah but yeah from an underrepresented ethnic background and you had a co-writer Nadine Gonzalez yeah so how was it working with her on creating the story and how did you come up with the plot what were the kind of main themes that you wanted to address um so Nadine was just the best we're really just like sound boarding off each other I would write a piece she would read over it she would write a piece I would write over it it was just had like big brainstorming sessions where like we'd just come up with a bunch of different ideas and there wasn't really anything that specifically that I wanted to get in there. I knew I wanted like really like heavy on the friendships because I love my friendships and I wanted it to be in Tobago because obviously part of my heritage is from Tobago and I think nobody really thinks about Tobago but it's gorgeous. And I know that you've spoken about wanting to kind of like subvert traditional romance stories and you kind of touched on it earlier about not feeling represented in the stories that you read as a kid. How do you think your story does that? I always found with romance as well, the girls were never like me. They were very much softer than me. And so I liked having characters that were a bit stronger mm. and just different personalities that are like in like my world, like my friendship group, like there's little parts of me, there's little parts of my friends. And I think it's just nice when you're reading to sort of feel that connection. Mm. And have they have more autonomy, the female characters. I yeah. think they have yeah. much more independence than yeah. what you would normally. Really, like I used to love reading, but 
I think I just would have had a better experience if I had had those kind of characters. Mm. And when you were writing it, how much did you draw from your real life, if at all? Because I know this is something that female novelists get asked about all the time. And yes, it is quite insulting because it implies that you have no imagination. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, as someone who is also writing, I know that your real life sort of subconsciously comes into the plot, whether or not it's like, you know, you're not necessarily writing about something that exactly happened to yeah. you, but everything that's in that book comes from your brain. So subconsciously there are things that are gonna kind of slip in. How did you navigate that process? And did you find yourself like putting too much personal stuff in there or, or not enough? Like how did you work? Um, so I kind of wanted to avoid it being anything to do with me. Cause I think especially where I come from, like the Love Island thing, I just didn't want it to be anything about that. Um, and so it was really hard because like you say, subconsciously you always, like go back to your like experiences and I thought I did a great job of not but then people are like oh but didn't that happen and I like to you and I'm like I can't I really... like I really tried to like not do that I can't remember what it was and I was like how did you even make a link between those two things but yeah I think subconsciously it's always going to happen but I tried my best to avoid because I didn't want it to be anything about me I wanted it to be completely separate you know like you say I got an opportunity to use my imagination and creativity and I really wanted to use it not just write something that I've been through you know and obviously it's about you know holiday romance so just on that subject you know do you think that holiday romances can go the distance do you think you know you can have that kind of intense summer fling and then it can turn into something longer I've never experienced it <laughs> have you experienced the, the, the intense summer fling that hasn't gone the distance um you know what I not haven't. including love island <laughs> it, well because i know that's sort of that's sort of the same but excluding yeah, putting putting that to one side thing. for now because that's a bit different being on a reality show yeah it's and, not the same yeah I'll not the same. um no i haven't actually and i think that's kind of why i wanted to write about because i thought like you know i just want to be creative with it what i think it would be like um yeah i've never Never, it's not really my vibe. I like reading about it, but I don't know if I would do it myself. No, me neither. Because also, like, I don't go on holiday to have a fling with a stranger. Yeah, I go like, on, no. like, I just went away on my own now. And I suppose, you know, in my head, I was rent I was renting a villa and the person who I was renting the villa from was like, oh, you'll be sharing a pool with a neighboring villa. Maybe there'll be a handsome stranger sharing the villa yeah, like, and you'll fall in love. And I was like, no, I, I just want to read and enjoy myself. Yeah, and that's nice. Obviously, like I was in Santorini, like obviously it's not some like single guy. There's no single men in Santorini. Yeah. It was like a couple from Australia. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm totally with that. Like I want to turn, I want to read, yeah. I want to drink, I want to enjoy. I don't want to get to know someone new. No, no, me neither. It's not my vibe. Um, <laughs> Let's talk about Love Island then. I cannot believe it's been three years since you were on the show. That's wild. Um, obviously you won uh, with your partner at the time, Greg, who you split from, was it two weeks after the show? I think it was four. Four weeks. Mm -hmm. okay. I mean, that's the quickest ever, but you know, <laughs> it's not as bad as two, four, so, one month. <laughs> were, you, were you surprised that you won? Because you met, Greg came in quite late into the show. Yeah, like a week to the final. Yeah. It was insanity. Like, that's never happened before. So obviously when I knew I was going to go on, I sort of went back and watched some of them. I wasn't like a massive fan of the show, but I used to watch. And when I look back, there's like a formula, like somebody gets with someone, a girl and a guy get together really early on. They have like a little bit of a like situation and then they go on to win and that's mm. it. 
And that was like across all the seasons. And so I thought, nah, like there's no chance in hell I'm going to win this year. Like I have been single for majority of the show. It's not going to happen. Yeah. And so, yeah. And then it happened. Well, I think it was <laughs> probably mainly down to your likability and yeah. popularity. <laughs> no offense to Greg. I'm not saying but, anything. No but <laughs> so how did it happen when you left the show with him and, and you, you guys ended things like, was that process of coming out as winners, was was there a degree of pressure on that? Did you sort of feel like, oh God, we've literally only just started dating really. And now we've won Love Island together. Mm-hmm. Are we supposed to fall in love, get married? <laughs> like, yeah. I, I guess there was a lot of pressure there. Oh my God, there's so much pressure. Like it was insane how much pressure you get, you know, are you in a relationship? Like, are you gonna move in together? And it's like, you wouldn't ask somebody yeah. these questions. I've only known in two weeks, like, <laughs> I've only known him two weeks and I remember coming out and I was just looking at him and I was thinking, I don't even know you. Like, I don't know you. I don't want one together and stuff, but like I couldn't be in a relationship with you. I barely know you. And do you still talk to anyone from the show who you're on with? Yes, I do. My friends that were on the show, I'm still friends with now. That's like, so most lovely. of them, yeah. That's really nice. Is there a WhatsApp group? Oh, Everyone God. always asks about WhatsApp groups on Love Island, by yeah, the way. Yeah. But there wasn't, but everybody left it. I don't even know if I left it, but everybody else left it. And I used to love just watching who's leaving it. So like, everyone leaves it. It's so funny. People are so interested in that sort of post-Love Island reality of just, because obviously we've been watching everyone for like so intensely for so many weeks. And it's like, oh my God, now we know nothing about your lives. Yeah. Um, See, I'm like the opposite. Like I love, like I love the show and I do the commentary and then once it's done, I'm like, Great. Unless there's someone that I really like and I'm, I'm invested in. Yeah, and then I'm gonna like probably bum into them. And yeah, I'll, like yeah, yeah, yeah. follow them. But I'm not bothered. Once the show's <laughs> over, I'm like, well done. Bye. <laughs> so what did you make of this season? Because like you mentioned, you've been commenting on it a bit, um, and on Twitter as well. And yes. Never again, by the way. I'm not commenting oh, really? on Twitter anymore. Why? No, no, no. <laughs> it's just too much. Like I get bullied into doing the commentary. So I was like, this yeah, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna tweet about it, like I'm just gonna leave it. I might watch it, but I don't know. And then everyone's like, where are you? Where's your tweets? I was waiting for your commentary. I'm like, I'm not part of the show anymore. Like, no, we're not doing this. Um, But yeah, and then I end up doing it, but I don't think I can do it anymore. So it's too much because like I have an opinion and my, the things that I say always come from a lighthearted place. I don't hate anyone that's on the show. I don't feel that kind of way. Obviously I'm exaggerating what I think. Of course, yeah. So that people laugh on Twitter. I'm not like mean in any of it, but people take everything that I say to heart. Well, like, there's, yeah, there's no nuance on social media. So yeah, anything no. you say is like, oh my God, she has such a strong opinion about this person. Yeah, it's like, like no, consider the context. Yeah. <laughs> You're on Twitter, it's a reality TV show. No one cares that strongly yeah, no. about anything. No. Um, what did you make about the men on the show on this season? Because there was so much chatter online about their behavior and criticizing the sort of like toxic masculinity thing this season. What did you make of that? Well, yeah, uh, <laughs> I was shocked. I was so shocked. It was just like, I actually felt a little bit uncomfortable watching some episodes, like I just felt, and I don't like, there wasn't anything that bad happening, but just something inside it. I was like, I don't actually, I'm not enjoying this. Like, like I should be. Um, and yeah, I didn't really like the way that they, they went on. It was quite hard to watch. Yeah, I think it's always quite, that's the thing about Love Island, isn't it? Because you see, well, you don't see everything, but you see things from both perspectives and you see very often the women being manipulated or controlled by the men. And it's so clear to the yeah. viewer. Yeah. And what's interesting about it is those are situations that would normally be so internal that, you know, even if, you know, that woman tried to explain like she wouldn't necessarily be conscious of what was happening. Yeah. 
And that's so important that that is kind of recognised and talked about. And that's why I think Love Island is so brilliant because yeah. it does kind of illustrate how that controlling behaviour happens and why it goes unnoticed. And that's part of the reason why I like talking about it. Obviously, I like making jokes and stuff. But that part, like, it's important for people to see, like, actually, that's not normal. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's that doesn't mean normal. that someone loves you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Do you think, um, because now, obviously, everyone who goes on the show becomes very famous very quickly, and it is fundamentally about finding love, but it's... You know, it's also so much bigger than that. Yeah. Do you think people can still really find love on the show? Because I think this season is the first time in a while where it's felt like there are couples, like quite a few solid couples yeah. who we think yeah. will be together for a while. You know, like India and Dami, Andrew and Tasha, maybe Gemma and Luca, uh, obviously Ekansu and Davide. Yeah. You know, what do you think? I don't know. It's hard, isn't it? Like, cause I always think, like, how the hell are you going to, like, find someone? you got a group of 30 people. It's not your choice, like, who these 30 men are. How is that possible? But clearly it is for some people. It wasn't for me, but clearly it is for some people. I think I'm far too picky to even... I don't even know why I went on the show. Like, I'm far too picky to even be, like, out of 35 people, I'm like, none of, none of you. But... <laughs> Is anyone from your season still together? Yes. Um, I think there's only one. Molly and Tommy are still together. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. So, and they're cute. They're yeah. really sweet together. And so I'm always going to think that you can, just because of them. And I knew them as well. And they're just yeah, they're super nice. I want to talk to you about the experience of going on the show, being in that little bubble, coming like going in as a normal person, coming out with millions of Instagram followers, particularly as the winner. You know, there's so many eyes on you. It's talked about, you know, with increasing frequency over the years when people talk about duty of care and mental health of contestants and stuff. But just on a personal level, what is that like for you to go in that show as a completely normal person and then come out and suddenly you have to just be used to this whole new world? And like watching this season's contestants doing it now, because they've just obviously come out, they seem so at ease with it. And I'm like, how? Yeah. How do you get used to that so quickly? Because it must be wild. Well, um, I think that about them. I'm like... <laughs> Are you joking? It took like I know that there was some of us that were in the final four couples. It really took a long time to adjust. Like even posting on Instagram, we weren't keeping people updated and people weren't happy about that. Whereas I feel like these lot are all like, I'm gonna start a YouTube straight away. And I'm like, how do you cause it was a lot to comprehend, I think, for me. Um I think especially because I'm very opinionated, I like to say what I think, and it was kind of like I had to dial it back a little bit because 
well, I didn't have to dial it back. I got told that I should dial it back. And now I don't anymore. So, and I feel much better about it. But you kind of have to like be prepared that not everybody's going to agree with you. Not everybody's going to like it for like no reason whatsoever. And it's hard. It's yeah. hard. Because you're in like a little bubble before. Well, you're not in a bubble. It's your life. But you're not really exposed to people that have such a strong dislike for you or all these people that have strong opinions about you. So it's really hard. Like, it's really difficult. It took me like... I mean, I loved it straight away, but it took me like well over a year to even just get like used, like used to it. Like this is just my life now, mm. you know. Do you feel like the show, like the producers, they prepared you for it sufficiently, or is there no way to prepare someone? You know what? I think they did the best that they could, but you can't. Like you, can't, you, you there's no way that you could prepare someone. I remember being told before, like you do, you do like psychology assessments, you do all these things. They're like, this is what could happen. Could happen this way. Could happen this way. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you come out, and it's just different yeah, even if I said to the current ones now my experience it still doesn't prepare you for anything it really doesn't it's like a personal experience and there's not no amount of anything that you can do to prepare yourself for it mm. make it sound really horrible but it's good no it no no good. it's good I mean you seem much more well adjusted to it now but but going back was there anything that you would have done differently I mean you mentioned like being outspoken yeah why do you think you were told not to be outspoken because it's easier to market someone if they're not as is um as much of a nutcase as me basically not a nutcase <laughs> just speak your mind no, like yeah, woman no, who speaks her mind like, no but I like I like enjoying time with my friends if I want to go out on a weekend I'll go out and it's just not very like it's not very the way that you're supposed to be you're supposed yeah. to be like everything's aesthetic and everything's perfect and you look good all the time and like it's that's the way that you're supposed to be that's just not realistic and it's not me at all no it's not me at all like I like going on the screen with spots on my face because it's just normal like mm. I don't want to be perfect like it's so boring to me yeah. so I think it took us a long time to realize actually it doesn't matter what people are saying you should do you should always do what makes you happy you, know? you mentioned earlier that you're very picky which is a good thing by the way um and yeah. i think you know we shouldn't demonize people who are picky because it means if you have good if you have high standards that yeah. is a good thing <laughs> um but you've spoken about finding dating difficult since leaving the show why do you think that is do you think part of that is is to do with with having those high standards or is it about being in the public eye and navigating that because obviously that adds a whole other dimension to dating as well I don't know I was talking about this the other day and I don't know like I actually don't know what it like what it is it's probably a combination of everything well dating is hard for anyone <laughs> I think particularly at the moment with apps and stuff yeah um, it's just completely changed the culture are you on any apps no mm. <laughs> I used to be on one but I don't I never like it's just not for me yeah it's not for me I always said I would never but there was one and I just decided to try it out and like I just don't like it I don't want to be on a date and I don't like it I don't enjoy it because I feel like I need like to be sat with someone to understand how they are sure yeah like and then you catch a vibe you can't catch a vibe from a little box like just because you fancy someone then tick and then they're the worst person ever like no yeah and then you end up making quite bad choices because you're making such superficial choices based on the profiles yeah. and then you meet them in real life and there it's different yeah there. it's completely different it's different and people always like obviously when you date and people always present their best self but I think that it's so condensed and like this is what I like this is what music I listen yeah. to and I'm like it's too curated yeah it's too much yeah I want to ask you about this tweet that you did that went viral recently where you spoke about your sexuality yes and it was sort of like it's been like you, I know that you've been asked about it before and you were like I sort of accidentally came out um but you said that switching teams had been the best decision of your life yes and watching men made you feel ill yeah <laughs> um 
how did it feel putting that out there? And when it was so widely reported on, yeah, it you was know, wild. were you surprised by the reaction to that? Yeah. That's another tweet where like, I was like, I was exaggerating. Obviously men don't make us ill, but in that moment, I did feel sick. So I just tweeted about it. But then everyone's like, she's off men. And I'm like, unfortunately, I'm not entirely off men. I wish I was, but I'm not. Um, and they don't always make us feel ill. Some of them are all right. Um, but yeah, that was like, I saw it getting a lot of traction and I was like, oh my God, should I delete it? Like, what should I do? I don't know why I said it, but like, I just got into that mode where I was like, I'm just being my authentic self and I'm just gonna tweet whatever and I've posted it. And like, I've always like subliminally said things, but maybe not so out there. And I thought that was still subliminal. Okay. Clearly it was not subliminal <laughs> at all, subliminal <laughs> at all. And yeah just basically out of myself but it was okay it was okay but then it's hard because now I'm like talking about it I'm like I don't know what to say because I don't like for me it's not like this big thing where I needed to like announce it or like make a big deal out of it it just is what it is and so now I'm like I don't know what to say like it's yeah. just <laughs> but that that is saying enough of it because it shouldn't have to be a big thing it shouldn't have to be think... this big statement like it's just yes this is my sexuality it doesn't have to be some sort of big reveal yeah and that is like it taps into so much of this heteronormative culture that we live in where you just assume that everyone is straight if they yeah. don't tell you yeah and actually that's a problem <laughs> no I know and it's like it's it's opened my eyes a bit to like how it must make people feel like that they have to like do this big announcement and it's not just like okay that's it yeah not to the next thing you know because that's how I would if somebody said that to me I'd be like great good for you that's yeah, it yeah, yeah. We're exactly. moving on. it's not a big deal and that's why I think actually the way you did it's probably pretty good and, and it's a demonstration of that that it doesn't have to be a big deal and it shouldn't be yeah. did you have like lots of messages from women being like oh you've inspired me to talk about it or yeah you know yeah you? and I was like my stupid accidental tweet inspired you you joking but it it just goes to show that I enjoy like this is why I enjoy what I do because accidentally or not um it makes people feel comfortable yeah and I really like that that's lovely and I'm glad that I can do that with seven words on a tweet it's time for our lessons in love segment of the show so this is where I ask every guest to share something that they've learned about their previous relationships so it can be very broad it can be very specific what do you think your lesson in love would be do you have a good one or not you know what I don't no one's ever asked me <laughs> what would your I... lesson be what would my lesson be? Well, I go through, it changes every week. I've just, I've literally just come back from being away on my own. Okay. Um, and so my lesson would probably be, you don't need to be in a relationship to go on holiday. You are good enough on your own. You are a whole person. Yeah. You, you know, I was in Santorini, which is one of the most notoriously romantic places in the world. And I think part of the reason why I wanted to go there was because I felt resentful that like as a single person, I shouldn't dare to go to Santorini yeah. and everywhere I went I was surrounded by couples but like it didn't feel weird at all because every bar I sat in or every restaurant I sat in I was like no I've chosen to be here on my own and like I actually feel really empowered that yeah. I'm able to come here I've managed to come here through work like this is all me and it feels great <laughs> so I, I think, love that yeah just like you are enough on your own you yeah know? that's my lesson what's yours so mine <laughs> I don't think it's gonna be as nice as that <laughs> that's okay thing. So for me, it's like when you start noticing red flags, mm. just go. Oh, yeah. Like, let's not drag it out. Yeah. We're all like, I'm terrible for doing that. Like, the minute that you see like red flags that are like, ah, this person's probably going to be a bit like controlling. They are going to be mm. a couple of months down the line. So just 
Dad the whole thing. Yeah, there's a quote, like, people show you who they are, believe them. Yeah. There's, like, a really famous quote, and I can't remember who it is. But it's, like, when, like, people people are who they are. They show you that very quickly. And it's so easy for us to, especially as women, mm-hmm. to be, like, you know, when it's men, like, no, no, it's, it's me. I It's my fault that they're behaving like this. And, you know, put it to the back of your mind and, like, make up excuses for them, particularly when you like someone, when you love someone. That's yeah. a powerful way to excuse their behavior. <laughs> But you're right, like as soon as you get those little inklings, if something's off, yeah, Mm -hmm. 100%. What would be like, you know, one or two good examples of red flags you think people should look out for? Um, Like if somebody comments on like what you're wearing, Mm. I hate that, like, oh, is that what you're gonna wear? Like, oh, because then it'll be like, "Mm, don't wear that. Like, I couldn't think of anything worse than someone saying that to me. Like little things like that, I always pick up on and I'm like, that's interesting that you've just said that. Mm. I'm going to store that in my brain. Yeah. (laughs) And then go. Even though it sounds like ridiculous, it just saves you a lot of time. (laughs) 100%. 100%. I think that's such a bad one. Um, And also it just, you know, you should, women spend so much time being policed on the way that they look. You know, let us wear whatever the hell we want to wear. Yeah, exactly. As long as you feel comfortable. That's all that matters. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much, Amber. It's been so great to talk to you. Sadly, that is it for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you are a new listener to Millennial Love, please do subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever else it is that you get your podcasts. You can also now watch us. If you want to do that, head over to Independent TV. And please do follow us on Instagram at Millennial Love to keep up to date with everything to do with the show. I will see you soon. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.